anything that the extreme. This week on Reliving the Extreme, we are discussing the episode of ECW from April the 19th, 1994. Nate Maxson here along with my brother Aaron. Hello. And Senior Chad Austin. Yeah, hey guys, how's it going? It is fantastic. Oh, great, man. We've been, we're just starting talking. I feel like we've been talking for 15 minutes. Already. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all of a sudden, I think the hand bone of the week just suddenly kind of <laughs> popped into my head. <laughs> After reviewing my notes here, and, <laughs> and over the course of the last few minutes, scratching off Maddie, <laughs> scratching off JT Smith, <laughs> the, 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 the hand bone options are just flying through the roof here. Like I said, this week, April nineteenth, nineteen ninety four, is our episode of ECW. Also, congratulations to Aaron and Chad as we are up headed up the charts again, up to one hundred and twenty two on the Apple Podcast wrestling category so congratulations guys is there more to this category than what you're saying <laughs> i mean are you just being nice by saying the apple po- apple podcast wrestling charts or is it apple podcast wrestling charts with about ecw <laughs> no um, it's not <laughs> only guys named chad aaron and nate yes. <laughs> are you sure you're not you're not making this sound way better than it is like like Aaron said, thank you all six of you <laughs> that listen to the show. We appreciate you downloading it over and over again to get those numbers Ar- up. Archie Mitchell's got six different accounts. There you go. Got to get that we, in. We got to have Archie on the show soon. We need that money. We need that Archie Mitchell money. He actually asked the question. He's one of the questions. Aaron, Aaron asked on our Facebook group, with if, which if you're not a member of it, join it. It's easy to find. Reliving the Extreme on Facebook. Join the group. Aaron asked any of our listeners if they had any questions for Chad or the show in general. And uh, what you got there, brother? He asked earlier today. Well, I figured I had to ask something to try to extend this shit. Um, <laughs> Dave Dynasty asked, who made Shane Douglas's jacket? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Which jacket? I think he's Which talking jacket? about the one that has like the sleeves where they're like um, like strips or whatever. If I would have had to guess, it would probably either be, oh, I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but I, I think I know who it would be. I think her name was Lily. I think her name was Lily Singh. Uh, maybe that's what her name was. Or she, she didn't have girl to host that late night show. Uh, like, I don't know. I think her name was Lily Singh. But I know she made a lot of extra stuff for the boys. Okay. You know, like she did a lot of custom work and she didn't make like, she didn't deal with the generic, um, what are the tights made out of? Like nylon sort of, you know? Yeah. Spandex. Well, no, the old school tights were made out of like a, like a nylon, like, like, um, it sucked. It was a, it was very terrible material. It was durable, but it was Mm -hmm. rough. It was rough. And then it wasn't until like the 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 late eighties that people started wearing like the spandex outfits, and that became just all the just all the norm. But yeah, that, that was a that um, whoever made Shane's uh, jacket, it it could have been it could have been um, um, what was her name, Vivian Walker, mm-hmm. Two's wife, Olivia Walker, uh, Olivia. Yeah, could could it have been her? You think possibly she made all the flares, robes, and shit. <laughs> My dogs are mad. What's a dog um, want to know? You want to know who made your stuff? <laughs> Lillian Singh or whatever her name was. Okay. Actually, she did. She did when she made my outfit. Um, she did like sew a little name tag on the inside with her name on it. So that's how I even remembered that it was something Singh. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's because I saw it so long. You know, every time I put them on. Right, and I picked out the material, and I, I picked I picked out my 
my Caribbean print. Love that. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever seen. Yeah, you guys have. You guys have seen me wear it before. If you ever, yeah. you've ever seen any of my independent work, mm-hmm. my Caribbean print. It was it was classic. What's the next question you got there, Aaron? Um, the next question is from uh, Archie Mitchell, and um, I'm interested <laughs> to see what Chad says. His question is, why am I never not on the show? I don't know. Your name has been your name's mentioned every single one of them. Yeah, so see, you kind of are on the show. Yeah, you get your plugs, Archie. What are you worried about? Damn it! I know. I mean, what? So we're, he's we're, we're there, supposed he's to get all six you guys on. <laughs> he's sitting there with his brandy and his is that, cigar. Is that what you want? We only record one. We only record one show a week, and we have six fans, listeners. So, all right, we'll just do one fan each a week if you want. Eventually, you'll be on. <laughs> Hell, I don't know, Archie. Why Why haven't I been on with the Archie's cooking? Ah, touche. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, slam it back at him. See what he says on yeah, that. Yeah, believe me. I think I know I think I know why. For some reason, my, my phone wouldn't probably work that day. Battery was dead on my phone. I'm sorry. I missed your call. Your phone was stuck in traffic. Oh, yes, it was. I smelt what the Archie's cooking. What did it smell like? <laughs> well, you do, you do know that I do live around the ship land. <laughs> Here in Dundalk, it's literally you can every day at a certain time is when they release the, the fucking smoke and then it smells like shit for like two hours here every day. Well, that's how Van Wert is. Think- there, there's a shit plant in Van Wert, and about middle of the afternoon, the entire yeah, the, the entire town smells like a turd. Yes. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> for like an hour, you think you're in Kuwait. Hey, is that like what this world? Is that what this world is coming to? All they're building is ship plants now? Like, <laughs> like it seems like they're popping up everywhere. <laughs> I mean, where, where are they getting all this shit? Good Lord, Archie. I think, yeah, I think Archie Miller's, Miller's team time has uh, lasted on this show a little bit too, good, too long. <laughs> Let's move on. You're done yeah, for we, the week, no, Archie. Are, You're done. We, We've already smelt what Archie Miller is cooking. All right, last question, and this is the legit question. Brian Davis messaged me and wanted me to ask Chad who his who his stiffest opponent in ECW was. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, good lord! All right, I'll, can I can I give him the the short list of who wasn't? <laughs> um, you want to ask Myers what? Hack Myers wasn't. Uh, man, Sabu was not. Or Ben, like like Benoit was stiff in a different way. Like he wasn't stiff in a reckless, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like trying to hurt me. With you know, what I'm saying, like he was just stiff because that's just the style that he worked. Sabu was more of a careless, reckless, you know, because he could never pull off them dives a hundred percent at a time. And, you know, he didn't have any control on where he landed. And I tell you, who would have been my stiffest opponent in ECW had the night, had the lights not won out, and that probably would have been Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, that, I've got something about him on the, about being stiff on this uh, this show, actually. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, that time I found out I was working with him when I got out to that ring, and then and I was just thinking, like, this guy's just going to charge the charge the ring and just start murdering me. And then the lights went out. I was just like, oh, my God. This, <laughs> this is like a godsend here. And then it happened again. So, so, literally, they did not want me to work with Kevin Sullivan. And quite honestly, neither did I. You had a wrestling guardian but, angel there. <laughs> but uh, all in all, I mean, um, I, you know, everybody. Okay, well, you know what? Honestly, I guess the greatest answer would be the Sandman because he's he's the one that really really fucked me up. Like uh, like New Jack, New Jack thought that he hurt, you know, and he and, and he swore, oh man, what I did to that Chad Austin, like he didn't do shit to me. I I left that show Saturday night and I started working in Memphis on Tuesday. I how you know I broke his leg. Whose leg did you break? <laughs> but he thought he was brutal. But yeah, probably Sandman. Overall, because he was kind of a careless, you know. Was it? Was and it? Was he? What do you he, think? He, hit, hit, oh, sorry. He Jeff. beat me up. No, he, he just beat me up. So was he? Was he more malicious about it, like just being a dick, or yeah, yeah? I mean, you could hear it when he does his shoot when he when he did his shoot promos. My name got brought up. I have I have no idea where this guy got any of this stuff from. 
what, what, whatever he's, he's, uh, you know, kind of, you know, mad at or whatever he thought I was up to or anything. Like none of that was true. Not a, not a single lick of it was true. <laughs> and and, it, and I'm just thinking like, how did my name get tagged into any of this? I am not a talent scout for like Smoky Mountain or, 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 or whatever. I don't even know what people, what company I was supposed to be associated with. <laughs> But I was accused of being like a talent scout for somebody. I'm like, well, who says that? Who, why? Who said this? I can't even get work. How am I going to get you work? <laughs> I'll spit out my fucking beer. That's the Amazing title of the beer. show. That's the title of the show. I can't even get work. How am I going to get you work? <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it's just it's just amazing of how of how new jack um because he had the louder voice you know mm-hmm. his story became like the the story that everybody really heard you know but everybody anybody that was there like meanie i don't even think meanie knows what happened because he was he was tossed out as soon as the bell rang so me and mm-hmm. meanie were never together at all during that match so it's not like he was sitting over there watching me get murdered or, right. or anything. Why? Why? Mustafa's sitting there making dumb facial gestures and um, just kicking him like and choking him in the corner and stuff. So yeah, it, it it was just a crazy scene. Was that the only other question you had, Aaron? Sorry. Those were the those are the three questions that got sent. All right, we will uh, attempt it again as time goes on. Anybody that ever has any questions for Chad about his time in ECW or any time in his career, frankly, you can always send those to one of us on Facebook, or you can also email relivingtheextreme at gmail.com. All right, let's start this TV show then. ECW, April the 19th, 1994. Um, We're headed toward when worlds collide now. That's where we're headed. But they're, uh, they're acting like this show is... Live on tape from the event on April the 16th at the ECW Arena. We start the show with a promo from Shane Douglas and Sensational Sherry. Um, Douglas essentially says he's he's sending Sherry on vacation here, which I'm assuming means Sherry's leaving the promotion. Yeah, she's WCW. WCW bound. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's about to be with Flair, I believe, in WCW. Um which she probably was a couple of times in her life. <laughs> Shane brings up Terry Funk um, in this promo because the Funker is back, and we're going to start heating that back up again. And then he talks about, obviously, he's facing Hawk at this event on the 16th. Um, yeah, say it right. Sorry. Hawk. <laughs> and then Joey Styles. Well, anything on this promo, guys? Sorry, I don't want to move on too fast there. Uh, no, man. I mean... Uh, Sherry uh, was great as usual. Shane is, you know, is really starting to hit a stride that's at a different level, you know, mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. than a lot of the other talent that's there. He's he's really grasping what his role there is, and he's he's off and, and just running. And I don't know about. How. <laughs> I mean, well, it's like I, we, it just, it's like we. It's like we've mentioned on the show before. He just doesn't, like, there's something about seeing him without Animal that just doesn't do it for me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Doesn't or work. even if you put him a Power Warrior, you know? Mm-hmm. What's Sasaki? Like, at least I can I can kind of get behind that. But when he's by himself, it, he just kind of looks like an indie guy, like a glorified indie guy, dad, but at least, but still an indie guy. Yeah. Well, like we've said on the show before with Shane, he's taking this ECW thing and trying to prove a point, you know, through his, through his time through the WWF and WCW and, and nobody ever thinking that he could reach that potential or whatever. He's, that's why I think he's, like you said, Chad, he's hitting that stride is I think he's, he's trying really, 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 he's the, he's the hardest working guy on this, in this promotion because he's trying really hard to prove something. Right. He's got a, he's got a lot of responsibility. And they did a good job. Both of them did a good job of Shane, like trying to politely, Put forth the fact that okay, Sherry, you've extended your usefulness to me as a as a mm-hmm. character. Like he's like, oh, how many people did you lead to gold? And now that he's got his gold, he's like, I, I, I don't need you anymore. So go ahead and go on this vacation, you know. And and her yeah. being like, what? You're not going with me, you know? It, it's like I, I think that was the underlining 
story they were trying to tell in the promo, and I actually think they did a good job with it. I enjoyed well, it. Well, does that does that happen in the end? Because I don't remember. This I think I think series. she's just kind of. I think she's what just she kind of gone. After this. Yeah, because she's in she's in All WCW right, so by May. So so you would say that she probably left around the same time as Sullivan, then, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so that would be that would be. Let me see, we're in April, so yeah, we're probably talking what summer of '94. You know, you yeah, think they wound when up, they kind of started. Yeah, they wound up there about the same time. Well, probably the same time, like when Hogan got into WCW, because she was at that clash where they had the the Sting, Ric Flair title <clears throat> invitation, and they didn't know which side Sherry was going to be on. And she wound up yeah. being with Flair and. Yeah, so she took the big money and left. And Sully went there. Went there and and on, on this show, Shane Mitchell Doug- money. And then they show us a video recapping the history with Shane Douglas and Sherry and, and how Sherry has helped Shane either gain or retain the championship uh, so far. Um, and it's funny because you... <laughs> Didn't it look like she worked the matches for him? Yes, I was about to say that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when you see... When you see her like diving off the top rope in a in an evening gown, like with no shit, you know what I'm saying? Like off yeah, they, out to the floor and stuff. That's, and I'm like, is she the one to work in? And Shane seconding her. That's what they were telling. That's the story they were telling. Like <coughs> Douglas would have not got to the point that he was at if he wouldn't have had Sherry with him. And then he finally got there, and then he was just like, "All right, Sherry, <laughs> go to the Bahamas. I don't need you anymore." And she's like, "What?" Like it was like it was a really cool story they told with like the promo and the video and everything like this. This is actually one of the better things they've done so far of just encapsulating a fucking story that they didn't tell it great going through it, but then you see, okay, well, you see it as Polly, a Polly at least, like Polly knew what he was doing. I gotta but, be honest, dude, you're a, you're you're a more um in. in in depth listen or watcher than I am. I didn't get any of that. <laughs> I saw none of it made sense. <laughs> I'm just, and I'm just like, all right, well, Sherry's leaving. <laughs> and I didn't even think about the whole, um, I don't need you anymore storyline. So yeah, you, that, that's pretty clever of you. Cause I didn't even think about that. I, you know, I, I saw it for what it was because I guess because I was there, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I didn't know what the, you know, end of the day was. I just, I just knew that Sherry was leaving because it was only a couple months after this that I went to WCW and Sherry was there. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, was that a story? <laughs> that broad man, she could drink and drive. I don't know about it anymore, but uh, she could, she could drink and drive, man. I've never heard anything anybody say anything negative about her as far as uh, be just just being a great lady. You know, great to fun to be around. I never oh, met her dude. in person. Never met her in person, but I do. I, I, I mean, I've probably said it on this show a bazillion times. She is the absolute best. I mean, like one of my probably if she's not my favorite person, she's in my top three mm-hmm. of people. Just to, just to, because she doesn't forget you. You know, she remembers everybody, and then and then you know, and she's just so. Was so kind-hearted and like and and genuine. That, that was the best part. She and she was one of the boys. Mm-hmm. She gives one of the she gives one of the best. She did gives one of the best WWE Hall of Fame acceptance speeches ever. Her acceptance speech is fantastic. When she talks, she's talking shit about Eric Bischoff, and then she's she's uh, he's out in the crowd. And she goes, "Oh damn, I thought you were gone." <laughs> Yeah, I think that was. I think that was going. I mean, I, I don't know what. Uh, good lord, I don't know how to say this. I don't know where Sherry was in her life, but was this getting towards the end? Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. So that, she that seemed. I mean, about right. She seemed really happy. You know, she seemed like she was content in life. Well, but, I mean, I think it was. I, I think it was because of that, like ladder accident, whatever that she had, mm-hmm. that that screwed her up. Like because then she got on them goddamn marijuana pills, um, you know the prescription shit, mm-hmm. and that that's what that's what fucked her up. But before that, dude, I mean, dude, she would just smoke dope. The next match on the show has one of the most awkward wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. No way, Taz. <laughs> no, not Taz. This R.J. Powers cat. 
It's Kevin Sullivan and Taz against Jimmy Snuka and RJ Powers, or is it RT Powers? I don't know what I wrote down here, but RJ. RJ Powers. They say he's the newest acquisition from Hunter Q. Robbins, who's just won't go away. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> this guy, this guy, he's he's just I don't know, he's awkward as fuck. Like he he poses awkwardly, he wrestles awkwardly. I'm sure he was green. I don't know. Do you know any story on this dude, Chad, where he came from, I where never, he went? <laughs> I ain't never heard of this guy. And you know who you know who you reminded me of, but it was even worse than him. You reminded me of Firebreaker Chip. <laughs> what worse? He's the black Firebreaker Chip, <laughs> and I'm, I'm watching it, and I'm just going, "How could there be anybody worse than Firebreaker Chip?" <laughs> I mean, I mean, so I, I can't compare him to Corporal Kirshner. He's not. He, he's not that bad. But I didn't even think of it. And I hate Firebreaker Chip. So I applaud you, sir, for making that comparison. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, he's that. He's that awful. I just he, had, know he has that classic. Um. Oh my God! I've I've dealt with it a bazillion times at wrestling schools with guys that are that big. Hmm. And they're not very agile. They're not very mobile. So, like, when you're trying to teach them how to throw forearms, they always do that. I mean, I'm sure you guys do it, too, when you when you mess around with each other. When you throw a forearm and you stomp your foot real big, like, right when you do it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's not the way it's done. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's the way you've been led to believe for decades that it's done. But, no, there's a way to do it. It's just that bad workers do it with the big foot stomp. Ah, mm-hmm. and, and, and it it just kills me when I see bad bad indie people, and I'm just thinking like, who trained these people? This yeah, this guy like I mean he's he he gets into position for moves, and then he's in the wrong spot, and then he's like I don't know, he was just very awkward. He was seemed like he was yeah. three steps steps behind everybody else. Well, I was watching Hunter Q watching him at ringside, and he was like gaga over over everything that RJ Powers did. So the only thing I figured was this guy must have been Hunter Q's power top, and that's why he got booked. <laughs> oh, oh, good lord! <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know about that. I, I, I just thought that <laughs> he, he, you know, he was. He was so big that it made him so stiff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That he couldn't do anything. That's why I compared him to Firebreaker Chip. <laughs> but he just couldn't <laughs> do anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just, I, I was watching it just going, and, and the way Jason started putting him over, and I'm going, I don't, I've never heard of this guy. What was his name? R.J. Jackson? <laughs> I, I just, what is it? RJ Powers. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just like, he clearly never came back, right? I mean, no, if, I've, if it, I've never heard of him there. If if Taz and Kevin Sullivan, if Taz and Kevin Sullivan beat the ever-loving fuck out of me like they did out of this guy, I probably wouldn't come back either. Because, oh, I mean, yeah, Su- I Sullivan Sullivan just wears him. I mean, and Snooka just stands there. Like, Snooka's like, I'm, fuck you. I, yeah, he just stands on the apron while this guy is getting... <laughs> <laughs> annihilated by Kevin Sullivan and Taz with crutches and chairs and hammers and tables. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got, I got Sullivan kills powers. And then the next slash, why is Snooka here? <laughs> because he, he obviously does not want to get, he's not getting involved. In it. He does a little I mean, spot. He does a little deal with Sullivan in the middle of the match where they do a few spots and then he tags back out and, and lets RJ Powers get his ass handed to him again for five minutes. It's it's actually kind of funny. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> well, theoretically speaking, how does this, how does this work? Um, whoever the, Sullivan and Taz, they signed the contract, open contract. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Snooker says, I want to be a part of it and I want to get a shot at the title. And I want to sign this open contract. And then does, does Ron Powers just walk in and sign it? And, and Hunter, this, this, Hunter Q, 
Hunter Q says, I want my boyfriend to team with you, Jimmy. Yes. Yeah. Like, how does that work? Doesn't Snooker have a say? Like, I don't want to team with RJ Wilson. Who is this guy? <laughs> Snooker now has no idea. He couldn't read. Yeah, and it, it looked like he didn't want to be there anyway, too. I see Snooker is not a tag team guy, dude. He he looks so bad when he's in tag matches because he doesn't know how to come into the ring with a house of fire. Mm-mm. He comes You're in right. with a house of just, nothing. Yeah, because he's like Frankenstein. Frankenstein's monster yeah. coming in the ring. Like, just imagine if um, whoever his partner is, is is, like, getting the heat and he's crawling over and he's crawling over and he's reaching out for the hot tag and Snooker's standing on the apron and he reaches out and he dives and he hits Snooker's hand and Hook Snooker walks in and gets in the ring and adjusts his knee pads. <laughs> <laughs> and and then he you know pulls his he pulls his tights up and then he licks his fingers. <laughs> and then he, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he circles around. <laughs> and and, and the, the place is like you know, when you hear like, um, you know, like when you hear a cornet describe a match, and he's like, and the place is going to blow. And, and this and that. Like, no, they're not. <laughs> Snooker's coming in. He's pulling up his knee pads. He's licking his fingers. He's checking the wrist on his tape. Or his tape on his wrist. He's, he's looking at the hey. cameraman with the big eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and he's doing the super fly. I love you sign. Oh, cook, give me a break. And he goes, who, who? And then he tags out. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's the spot. Who, who? Like he, he's going, he's going over to match with his partner backstage, and he's like, "All right, you get in there, brother. You, you take the heat. You tag me. I come in. I fire up, and then I tag back you in. You go home." But notice he didn't, he didn't like say like what he was gonna do. No, I, I'll, I'll fire up. I'll come in. I'll, I'll put them knee pads right in the right spot. I'll do all my signature spots, brother. I'll give you the, I'll give you the rub tonight. I'll give you the rub tonight, Firebreaker Chip. I'll give you the rub, brother. T- TCB. You know who brother. gave RJ Powers the rub that night? Hunter Hugh Robbins. <laughs> oh, boy. RJ Powers. <laughs> like right? And then he gave – and then RJ Powers gave Hunter Hugh his Firebreaker tip. Oh, I don't know. Did you see Did you see that stomp that Taz missed? Yes. Well, they oh, were trying to Lord. do. They were trying to do a thing. It seemed like in this where he was he was trying to do Kevin Sullivan's moves, but screwing them up because he tried the Tree of Woe, and Sullivan begged him off of that and told him not to do it. And then he tried the stomp and missed it. So I think it was on. I think it was on purpose. Oh, okay. Is that what you, all right? I, I make sense. I didn't. I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that. Well, I don't. I still don't understand the fucking weird economy between Taz and Kevin Sullivan, like with the, like the covering his eyes and mocking him and shit. I don't understand what the fuck is going on. Well, it's almost over. So <laughs> thank God. Well, this debacle ends when Taz hits uh, Powers with a, I believe, a suplex, and then pins him, and then Woman. Beats up Hunter Q. Robbins and strips him of his clothes, which no one wanted to see, but it happened anyway. Yeah, but Hunter Q. got the free treatment for what most dudes have spent $150 for. Yeah, ain't bad. I'd let a woman smack me around, especially in that outfit she had on. Jesus Christ. She looked great. As always. Dude, I've seen, I've seen Nancy. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. 8 o'clock in the morning down at the, down at the lobby. Of the Marriott, Philadelphia, or, you know, where a lot of the guys would meet up for the breakfast. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she would be made up and would look like she was going out to the ring like then, which and, and, and she was like stellar. I mean, if you look if you look closely, you could see maybe she's not as great if you really get close to her. But damn, from a distance. Holy matter. She's a looker, man. Yeah, oh, no doubt. No doubt. Great, great voice, too. That was the other thing. Great voice. Yeah. Not to be a pervert. And she's smart to the business. She knows the business. Mm-hmm. So you're not, like, you don't have to, like, explain stuff to her, you know? It's, it's not like you have to, like, say, like, oh, well, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to do. She would, she would already know it. Yeah, and, well, and that comes from spending probably as much time as she did with Kevin because say what you want or do you don't want to say about Kevin Sullivan. He knows about psychology. You know, he knows about about <clears throat> how to work, how to work the crowd, He's one of the better psychology guys, I think, personally, of all time. Um, I think when I was, it comes to putting when it when it comes to putting matches together, you mean? Yeah. 
or booking. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, his matches aren't, like, that great. Right. (laughs) He's not playing a character. No, but he owned his character, you know, over the years and the psychology of his character and all that. So it's I give him credit like, for that. It's kind of like the the um how do they how do they say it? It's like sports, like um the great players or the not so great players coach. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, oh, I might not oh, be I, the best. I might not be the best football player in the world, but I understand how football works, and I can teach you how to do it. You know, right? I mean, I I can relate to that when it comes to um the wrestling school that we have here. Um, I I was never. I was never a hired trainer, but I would go to the school on like Tuesdays just to work out, right? Just right. for me to work out. And the next thing I know, I would be getting in the ring with guys that had only been training for a couple of weeks. And I would lead them through a match, like in the ring. But that afterwards, they would, some guys have even told me that was the best match of their career. <laughs> that they had because it was at the school and it was against me. And because I just let them through, you know, a halfway decent match. I didn't let them do something they couldn't do. You're not going to, you know what I mean? If you're, if you're, um, Oh, what's that guy's name? I can't think of his name now. Pat, his name is Pat Brink, but he was in WWE, but I don't think he ever debuted. And he's been with a couple other companies, but like I was his first match and he literally, he got, pretty much hired off of that match because they didn't even know that he didn't had another he never had another match. <laughs> they only saw that match and I'm just going right. like that was his first match. <laughs> and uh, um, like I'm the one that let him through it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why aren't you guys beating down my door? Like not to get <laughs> off the rails. It's like it's like the opposite of like what I was saying about Sullivan. Like um Cornette talk, Cornette talked about um Bobby Eaton like Bobby Eaton can hit, like he said, Bobby could hit the perfect leg drop. And then when somebody would be like, Oh, teach me how to do that. Bobby, Bobby couldn't teach him how to do it. You know what I mean? Did you know, you know like, what Bobby, like, like Bobby's do? thing was just like, I know how to do it, but I don't know how to teach somebody how to do it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, very similar in that aspect where I like when it comes to punching, um, I, I'm pretty sure I'm not, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Gilbert that told me that had a punch. He told me to stand in front of a brick wall <laughs> and and punch the brick wall and punch the brick wall until you don't hurt your hand no more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That way you, you'll know you'll know how to get close enough. And then I, then when I started when I started studying um, Lawler, Lawler's punches are fantastic. Uh, I I um I I adopted them. Almost immediately, I, I said, "All right, this is the way you're going to punch." Like he 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 throws a punch, but he also pushes your chin away when the punch is supposed to land. You know, like mm-hmm. it's kind of like I'm swinging my ass off on you, but as I punch you, I'm pushing your head away. You know, but that but Dundee would just take him. <laughs> that's that's the thing about you know Dundee. I mean, he would just sit there and just. They would just pound on each other. And if you watch Dundee's punches on Lawler, he would punch him with his palm. Like, he wouldn't throw, yeah. like, fists. He would throw, like, palm, like not palm strikes, but he would throw his fist like he was throwing his fist at you. Not a fist, like a, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, not the not the knuckles, but the bottom. Like the, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not sure what's worse. <clears throat> the next deal on this show, Paulie joins Joey Styles in the Eagle's Nest. And, uh, of course, he puts over Sabu and how Sabu is going to be returning to ECW on this evening. Uh, they show the footage of 911 and Crash. Uh, didn't look like they actually had a match. I don't know if there was match before the spot. They just show Paulie hit Crash in the back of the head with his phone into a choke slam from nine one one. Were you at this show, Chad? Was it Valley Forge? No, this one's just oh, ECW no, no, no. Arena. No, I wasn't. Um, they brought the wing guys in for uh, one of them. What we used to call a triple shot weekend of love. Mm-hmm. Like if Paul, if Paul would run like not not. I'm just. I'm going to use that as an example. He would run Valley Forge Friday. He'd run Philadelphia Saturday, and he'd book some you know bought show on Sunday. Right. And uh, he 
Crash was brought in as a favorite of Vic, the Victor, mm-hmm. and I think he liked him. Plus, he was a Jersey guy, or, or or at least a New York guy, you know? Yeah, from the area. Yeah, the tri-states. Yeah, I'm, I, I remember when they brought him in, um, one of the first times they brought him in, we were at a spot show, um, and he was sitting in the bleachers, and I walked out, and I was one of the only guys in the whole entire locker room to even know who he was. Like, I walked up to him, and me and him sat in the bleachers, and I literally was just talking to him about, like, wing, mm-hmm. and all them goofy-ass Matt, you know what I mean, all that stuff that yeah. he did over there, and then he was just like, how do you know about this? And then I'm like, well, I'm a tape collector, <laughs> you know what I mean, I get... <laughs> I get all these all these shows and stuff, and you know. Then he kind of wanted he kind of wanted to start talking to me more. Mm-hmm. But there's no chance I was going to make a best of Bill Demont, and that wasn't happening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I didn't want to upset him by sending him an eight minute tape. We're we're friends. I can't do that to you, Billy. <laughs> yeah, if I, 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 I normally I normally would tell somebody like that, um, like you know, a guy in the business who knew that I who knew knew that I collected tapes that if they wanted. Um, you know, something from them. Mm-hmm. Just if you buy me the tape and I'm not going to guarantee when it's going to be, but I watch so much wrestling on tape. When I come across something of yours, I'll put it on a tape. Right. But I didn't want to hand them, like I said, an eight minute tape. Then we show the end of the Pitbull versus JT Smith match. Pitbull won the TV title in this match. Apparently JT, they show footage that JT was attacked by the public enemy before the match got started. Pitbull worked the knee and won the TV title. Anything on this one, guys? Anything to report there? Um, I don't know. I think you skipped ahead or whatever. I think you skipped ahead on me here. I don't know where I'm at. I, I still have. Got, uh, was there a, a bad bump that Snooker took? Yeah, uh, probably. Remember the bump? He took, <laughs> yeah. Remember that? Remember that bump he took on the ropes? <laughs> Like, he, he took, like, some kind of, like, punch to the gut or something, and then he, like, bounced off the ropes. Was that when Sullivan uh, pretended to hit him with the spike, and it looked very ineffective? Oh, I didn't even know Sullivan hit him with the spike. Yeah. they Well, they tried to make it look like he I, hit him with the spike, but I don't think Snooki even actually took the spike, honestly. It was probably a frozen... I don't know. I just got, now, I, now I just got a recap of 911 and Crash, and we already just discovered that. Mm-hmm. Uh, recap of Pitbull winning the TV title. Um, not much on that. That's pretty much what I just have. The recap yeah. of Pitbull winning the TV title. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Then, that's then, then. Then right after that became a big oh my god. Um, Maddie with Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they they just I don't know what they're doing with this guy, man. I don't know why he's still around. I I mean he obviously has connections. Did you say he has connections to Pauly or to Matt Radico, maybe? It, yeah, he has connections to Pauly because he was a nightclub promoter in New York City, like Pauly was. Mm-hmm. So they would like, I, I'm, I'm assuming they just cross paths through, you know, the nightclubs. Right. But he had, well, no, he had no wrestling, no wrestling ties. And that's obvious. <laughs> but he, yeah, he, doesn't, he does an interview here with the public enemy, and I was hoping... I was hoping that uh, Aaron had plenty to say on this because when I was watching this segment, I was like, "Maddie and Public Enemy." I'm sure, I'm sure Aaron's going to deliver here. Oh, my only thought was, "Jesus Christ, why is this happening?" Like uh, somebody, somebody hates me somewhere. <laughs> there's no way Maddie had fifty dollars in his wallet. Can, I mean, I just can't believe that Public Enemy got over. I mean, granted, they got over in ECW, but watching this stuff, you still got to be like, how the fuck did they get over? Right. Like, yeah, they look, they, they just look so lame and, and, and no offense. It's just the verbiage. They look so gay. Mm-hmm. They, they were like, they're, they're, they're dressed in like matching fucking outfits and, and, and they're like grown men. <laughs> oh, Johnny. It just, it's ridiculous. On, it's ridiculous on the surface. Maybe it wasn't so bad at the time when you're watching it because you want to get invested in it mm-hmm. and you want to believe. But then again, at the same time, it's look at how ridiculous it, it just looks, these two guys. And, and it's um, um, like we said last week, they do have their shining moments. Like the, Aaron said, the rivalry with the Bruce Brothers and the public enemy to, against each other has been effective and stuff. But 
Their promos are half goofy. Like you said, Chad, they look goofy. They're just goofy, you know? And I don't I don't know if I'm supposed to take them seriously, if they're supposed to be comedy. They're you know, it's a, it's just a very schizophrenic gimmick, I guess. Well, you gotta take them you gotta take them seriously when they're uh after they do the goofy stuff and then Rocco goes, and let me tell you something. After the oh Johnny then <laughs> Then at the end of the promo, he gets serious. Yeah, flip the switch. Yeah. So I was kind of confused by this next deal. So we're talking about the human cage match, which was the match between the Bruise Brothers and Public Enemy. And then I guess from what I gather from the footage they showed, Mr. Hughes came in. He was part of the human cage, but then he came in and started. He broke the human cage. Okay. All right. Yeah, because I was kind of lost. Smoked the human cage? What, what did he? What did he smoke? What did you say? He broke the human cage. Oh, he broke it. Oh. Yeah, like the oh. human cage was, was super ineffective. As we could tell from last week's show, or we watch, or whenever two weeks ago when we watched Hawk beat up the whole human cage, or Shane Douglas beat up the whole human cage. So we knew Mr. this was going to beat up the whole human cage, and he did it again. Well, I mean, crazy when you have. When the human cage consists of Donnie Allen, the Wolfman, me, uh, <laughs> Billy Firewolf, <laughs> like, there's, what are you gonna do? <laughs> not beat him up? <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm sure Hawk's not gonna. He's not gonna invite us all into the into the ring or whatever to celebrate with us. You know, we're all gonna stand there and like do the curtain call, like a bunch oh, of butter muscles. Yeah we, yeah, we got the butter muscles beat off of us. <laughs> but this does get to a point because this gives the Bruise Brothers a reason to come out and beat up Mr. Hughes so that he cannot fight Terry Funk as he was supposed to. And they give him the most dangerous looking pile driver I've ever pile driver I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was pretty sickening. Oh, <laughs> oh I must have hit fast forward during that. I don't even remember that. Well that pile driver was fucking <laughs> Sick looking. It was so bad. They almost dropped him like twice. It was one of those deals like they had no business doing it, you know? He was like spread eagle and they just dropped him on his fucking black head. Well, we, we've talked head. that nausea about. We, we've talked at great lengths about how, how great the fucking Bruce Brothers are in ECW. Mm-hmm. But after having beat up Mr. Hughes, Terry Funk was supposed to face Mr. Hughes at this event. So obviously Terry Funk is waiting for his opponent who is not going to come out. And... Paulie Dangerously and Todd Gordon wind up in the ring with Terry, and we find out that our match is going to be Sabu versus Terry Funk. So this was a nice, pleasant surprise to end this show. Um, And any discussion on the match that you guys want to have, feel free if you have notes on it. I don't know. Usually I I write down the bad shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't have a whole lot on this. Yeah, there isn't a lot. I mean, there's... Yeah, same here. That was uh, was, uh, a... An instant clap. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Terry's at his best. Sabu's at his best. They're both crazy. Um, I mean, Terry even goes to the point of crazy where there's that one point in the match where he's just trying to throw Bob Ortiz in the ring. <laughs> you know, just, I mean, that's Terry. You know, he's Terry doing Terry. And him and Sabu have a really, really, really good TV match here. Yeah, 45 minutes of it. Good Lord. That's why I was <laughs> telling Jess. I showed her the, the, the little bit of notes that I had, and I said, how are we going to get an hour out of a match that won 45 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's going to be fucking next to impossible. Right. Unless you chronicle every move. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are we going to do? Um, alternate al- alternate commentary on top of it? Would you guys see him beat up that, that photographer? Yeah, dude. I, I know who that is. I can't. Uh, I was thinking. I was trying to think of, of their name when he was doing it because um, – was was that the Japanese guy? I don't think it was a Japanese guy. Looked like a white dude to me, but it looked like he had yeah, no idea muscles? to just like give up and just let Terry put him wherever you want to put him. Yeah, he was like, if, if Butter Muscles was a person, it would be that <laughs> fucking photographer. Because that dude was just flopping <laughs> around, and Terry was like, like, get out of the goddamn way, and he didn't. Move oh, you're making it. You're like, making it harder and harder way. to pick the hand bone. <laughs> if you're telling me that a photographer on an ECW show has Butter Muscles. He could easily be the hand bone. <laughs> but it Good started Lord. out like it started out like Terry was kind of fucking with him a little bit, just kind of joking around, but the more the guy didn't fucking move, I could see Terry was getting fucking mad at him. Started actually manhandling him. He would do that shit here. 
in Baltimore, and we had we have one of the strictest state athletic commissions in the whole entire country. I mean, literally, it's a it's a it's a money racketing uh, business they, they run here because you have to have uh, licenses, which is not it's not a, it ain't, that, ain't that big of a deal, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you spend twenty dollars a year for all the guys you have that are on your roster, you know to you know, to work for you. But then they, then they wanted to have, they had to have insurance. They had, you know, promoters had to provide insurance and that was not cheap. They just, they just. Well, and don't they, they and I don't know if it's like that in Maryland, but don't, don't they send, they send a commission person to your event, but then make you pay that person. Yeah. 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 What a racket. Like we're going to send this guy. Well, I don't want him. Yeah. He's got to be there and you got to pay him too. It's bullshit. <laughs> We, we, we used to have this guy, this old man, his name was Lou. He was in his 90s, and he was one of the higher-ups of the State Athletic Commission. <laughs> and one of his loves was he loved doing the pro wrestling shows. Mm-hmm. And me and him, he would always yell at me for something stupid. For Because in Maryland, you can't go outside the ring. You can't use chairs. You can't use tape. You, know, you can't use anything. Mm-hmm. And... I would get back into the locker room and he'd be like, Chad, I was tell, I told you this a million times. And he, he would yell at me. And then we end up becoming friends that when I, when I had a restaurant, um, I just invited him up one time and, and we were close. We were closed on Mondays. And then the next time that I saw him, he was like, me and my wife drove all the way from Pikesville, which is like 45 minutes away, mm-hmm. <laughs> like to your restaurant, and you weren't open. And I'm thinking, like, a 90-year-old Lou drove all this way to come see me, and, and they weren't open. But <laughs> we ended up becoming great friends, me and Lou. And when 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 he passed, man, it was kind of like, it was it was like one of the boys, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. because you saw him all the time and he had the, the cool thing was is he had that that bullshit ass old school printer printout of all the workers names with their <laughs> real names and their birth dates and all next to it so i would sit i would sit not in gorilla but it would be where the commission would be and i would just sit there and talk to lou and i'd pick up this big goddamn printout paper and i would just start reading off all these guys names and and everything and like, like I, I remember I went to a, a WWF show in the 90s, and he was yelling at Sean, but he kept calling him Mike. Because <laughs> that was his name. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't know. I, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't have the sheet yet, so I didn't know what his name was. And I'm thinking, like, no, well, no wonder he's not responding to you, Lou. <laughs> You're calling him Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but he loved me, man. I mean, yeah, he, he, he was a great guy, dude. It was fun to watch Terry in this match. The first time he tries to get that obliterated table into the ring, he's like, he just can't get it under the ropes. Um, the The end of this match between Terry and Sabu, we have the masked handlers. There's three of them. Um the first one, Terry unmasks, and it's the Rockin' Rebel. So he's still there. Who was? Yeah, it's the Rockin' Rebel. Oh, good lord! <laughs> and then I, he, didn't, he I, didn't, I didn't even catch that. And I'm glad we got the big reveal at the end with who the uh, third guy was, because the second one was probably one of the most unlike. What do you want to say, Aaron? The most unfulfilling reveals ever. They take his mask off, and then uh, Joey's like, "Oh, that's." That's Sabu's number one handler. Like he would yeah, have already, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> it, it was just some big dude. Yeah. Oh. Well, see, that's um, that's a good spot if you look at it in hindsight. It was RJ with that? Uh, I, it's like, oh, we took the mask off. It's RJ Reynolds or whatever his name was. <laughs> RJ <Okay>. Reynolds. <laughs> I thought it was RJ Jones. Oh, no, that's Orange Juice Jones. That's SD. <laughs> He, he saw you and him walking in the rain. I, I um, yeah, I, I. Well, boy, at this point, I'm I'm throwing my hands in the air and I'm I'm, I'm looking at Jess and I'm just going, I I, I don't know. About <laughs> the uh, third I mean, handler, the, the Bobby. Uh, yeah, that was that was unbelievable because it when when, they, when the first mask came off, whatever, and then the second mask came off and it was that unknown guy. Like that was kind of genius. Yes, because that's you're what I was. The, Mm-hmm. You're setting the people up for a disappointment, and then you're fulfilling it with a, a great, um, you know, 
The yeah, the crowd's like, the crowd's like, oh, who's it gonna be, Sal fucking Belomo? <laughs> and then <laughs> the mask is taken off, and it's beautiful Bobby Eaton. After he leg drops Terry Funk to give Sabu the victory, and the crowd goes banana. Dude, I I am I'm so pissed that I wasn't there. <laughs> I was working a I was working the show in Maryland. Um, it was a it was a bought show, so it was it was a guaranteed payday. Like mm-hmm. because the, the school bought the show, and when I heard about that, I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that I'm fucking that I, that I didn't go." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That I, I I got to I had to miss out on that. As much as Philly loves the got, loves the Midnights I, and the Horsemen, yeah, and they, they just yeah, like I said, huge crowd pop. I'm, I'm I feel bad for you that you didn't get to be there because <laughs> that yeah. would have been a cool moment. That would have been cool a cool moment to be live in person for. And you know what? Yeah. They really did. They did a great job. They did a great job with like the big, the big sweatsuit and stuff that he was wearing to even hide his body type and everything. It did not, you know, you wouldn't until he took us until he took the hood off. You didn't. You really couldn't tell who it was. Yeah, it was a good job. I mean, that 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 place was just was ready to erupt. And um, I've heard it from multiple people that at the time. The Bobby Eaton pop was the mm. biggest pop they've ever heard in the arena. And then right after that, people have told me that that was right up until Arn Anderson came out. Right. It's kind of like. You uh, lost your fucking mind when Arn Anderson came out. <laughs> it was kind of like putting a hat on a hat. Well, you know, it's in modern times, you describe it, it's like Adam Cole comes out and then Brian Danielson comes out. You know, the same kind of deal. It's that piggyback. That Chad was talking about the other week. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's not going to get any better than Bobby Eaton. Holy shit! It's Arn Anderson. It's Arn Anderson. <laughs> and, and, and I bet you the people were still staring back at the curtain. <laughs> What's like, next? Right, now they're, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're, they're, they're going to bring out um, Sweet Daddy Seeky. <laughs> You're like it's they're like Warren G. Like I looked at the brother said, "Damn, what's next?" So yeah, they're the gonna they're gonna man. bring out Archie Mitchell, <laughs> Boogie Woogie Man, <laughs> the Boogie Woogie Man, <laughs> Mercy Dad. Oh, good, good Lord, could you imagine if, if that if they hit the, man tra- the Manhattan transfer in the fucking <laughs> CW arena? <laughs> he starts boogie oogieing around the ring, like try, trying to slap the hands of a um, murderer's row out there. <laughs> like, oh, good night! Like, if they if they throw stuffed animals at Sal Belomo, what would they do to the boogie woogie man? <laughs> well, overall, guys, the general impression of this episode of ECW, Chad, what did you think overall? If you're gonna grade it, it. stunk. Until the end. Oh man, yeah. I mean, no. Actually, this is this is uh, getting to. This is actually a way better show than I. I I, I apologize for saying that it stunk. It just wasn't great, but mm-hmm. it served its purpose. It, yes. it it got it got the people over that they were been trying to get over. Mm-hmm. Um, it 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 totally promoted the 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 next show coming up. You know, yes. And and Paul just had to find like eight minutes to put in between it. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's it, what I was going to say. Like, yeah, I forgot when I was when I started watching it that this was the show that the Bobby Eaton Arn Anderson deal happened. So I wasn't expecting Funk and Sabu. And I wasn't expecting all of that at the end. So before we got to that point, I was thinking the same thing as you. I was like, man, this is a stinker. It's another recap episode, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then they fired it up at the end. And, and at the end, I was I was pleasantly surprised with, with the show. Aaron? It's kind of the, kind of the same opinion. Um, like, I forgot that, like you said, I forgot this was the, the setup for the when worlds collide that we're going to roll into um, the minute, the third mass dude got in the ring and uh, <laughs> like, like hit his, like hit his punch and step. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. That's Bobby fucking eating. You know what I mean? Like the minute the dude got in the ring, I remembered that's right. Bobby because he, 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 like he said, he hit the leg drop. Like he didn't even hit a leg drop that I thought was cool. He didn't hit a leg drop to end the match. He hit a fucking elbow off the top rope. 
Okay, and that's actually you, you what know, I have written. That's actually what I have written down. down his elbow. I honestly, I honestly think that that shows how much of a professional Bobby is, because Bobby was probably in his mind thinking, if I hit a fucking, if I get up on the top rope and I had a leg drop off the top rope before I'll I take the fucking mask off, everybody's gonna know. Everybody's gonna know I'm about fucking Bobby Eaton. Right. You know what I mean? Because nobody hits a leg drop better than fucking Bobby Eaton. So I respected that even more because like looking back on it, he was like, I would I'd spoil it if I hit the Alabama jam off the top rope because everybody would know oh it's Bobby. But right. he hit that fucking out he so he hit the elbow instead and got the mask pop. So that was really smart. I don't know, like it might have been Polly telling him to do that, but honestly I think it's probably Bobby just saying I'm not gonna do that. And like you guys said, like fucking Art Anderson coming out, those people were just like, holy shit, Bobby Eaton. Nothing's going to get better than that. And it's like, holy shit, Arn Anderson. <laughs> like, like, this show is, out of all the shows we've watched, this is the best ending of an ECW show we've seen, in my opinion. Thus far. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the executioners unmasking. That was a, that was kind of, is that what they're called? The executioners? The destroyers. The, the destroyers. Super, no, the super destroyers. I'm sorry. Not giving them enough credit there. Super D's. Super destroyers. You know what? I would go as far as to call them the ultra destroyers. But, but yeah, but but them unmasking, <laughs> yeah. That was that could have been a high point of, of uh, this whole entire thing so far. But yeah. I mean, all in all, some of the stuff some of the stuff was good. A lot of it, like we've already said, has been recapped, you know. Mm-hmm. Just, it's just, it seems like that's what, that's where we're going here, you know? Because didn't I text you, Aaron, or there was that Nate earlier, I was like, D- do they run anything new? Yeah. Like, any, any new content? <laughs> like, are you all out of Pat Tanaka matches or something? <laughs> Please, God, say it's true. <laughs> but I'm actually really looking forward to um, getting to this World Collide <laughs> review, because this is something that, like, um, the first thing I remember like reading in like magazines and shit about, about ECW is that's, and I, and I think that's it's, probably, the, that's probably the only show that I don't have it. It's as far as I know, it's mm-hmm. one of the hardest shows to get. Well, it's on the network. Well, it's on the network in a different form. It doesn't have yeah. all the matches, right? It was a cut down to what an hour. It's no, it's uh, I looked today. I think it's an hour 45. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. When you with the uh, and you and you're not gonna you're also not gonna have the original music. We're gonna have to listen to a lot of the fun <laughs> WWE ECW music. Um, what's his name? Rick Bogues. Rick Bogues. <laughs> get your get your Shazam. The- get your Shazam ready, Aaron. <laughs> it's on there. I'll make it happen. But just to let the listeners know, when we we have decided that when we get to the big shows, like say, i.e., when worlds collide. We're actually going to record the uh, the podcast live on Facebook, so we can kind of interact with you and talk about the shows, and that should be fun. Or a train wreck, either way. That's why I love this show. <laughs> well, if, but, if if either one of you guys get a chance and, and you can check it out, um, see if, if it's possible to get that show. Because I, I don't know why I don't have it. Okay, yeah, I can look into it and see. Like the the only thing that I can think of is because it was during the time when they were going through the the thing with the um the video people, and then like they were they were like changing yeah. all the rights. I was gonna say I remember you mentioned that about the Valley Forge show. That's why that's not out there in the ether. It didn't um you guys might not know, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. But didn't Polly get um. Arn and Bobby, because he was like in some kind of lawsuit with WCW. You are correct, sir. Yep, that's exactly that's like, exactly what he yeah, got. I think it came from like I, I don't know what I don't know. What, I don't, yeah, that was that was uh, that was actually named in the lawsuit. That's, you know, Arn Anderson yeah. and Brian or Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton as payment. <laughs> yeah, like how how crazy is that? It is that, crazy. Like, it's like. <laughs> The, the, the two members of the dangerous former Dangerous Alliance are now literally currency in a in a lawsuit, and, and it was for what I don't know what two dates, yeah, pretty yeah, much. This, yeah, this show and the when worlds collide deal, I think, is the only time they're ever actually on on ECW. Yeah, and like that's like that's what Paul got. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm, I think I think he got like a hundred thousand dollars too, but mm-hmm. so, something like that. But I mean, that that's you know legitimately nothing, right? You know, right? Because I mean, I'm sure that his his parents probably represented him, so that didn't cost him anything in, in legal. But yeah, right. he got nothing in in paydays. But he just is like, well, can I get dates on you know some guys yeah. that I want? It just so, so happened. It just so happened that it wasn't Firebreaker Chip. <laughs> I mean, he, he was thank, booked in North North Georgia. I was going to say, thank God. I don't know if we can have R.J. Reynolds or and Firebreaker Chip on the same show. It might have killed ECW before it got off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, Mister Austin, any parting words for our listeners this week? Uh, not so much. I um, <laughs> I'm I'm about to go in and. And look at my uh, wife who's passed out on the sofa drunk. And I'm going to watch <laughs> AEW. All right. Well, you enjoy that. And I want to, again, always I tell our listeners to follow Chad on Twitter at Chad Austin Demera. Check out Chad's Video Vault on Facebook. And, of course, join our Facebook group. Big the update coming. The Extreme. Big, big update yep. coming, by the way. Oh. Yeah, I just went through and, and just recataloged um, about – three or four hundred more tapes that I'm going to up, start up uploading tomorrow. Awesome. And what awesome. do I charge? Two, what do I charge? Two dollars a tape? I think like two bucks a tape, yeah. Not I mean, not, too, not too shabby, folks. No, not at all. Where do you see the quality? <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank everybody for joining us this week on Reliving the Extreme. We will see you next time around, and, and we will see you next week as we continue Reliving the Extreme, everybody. Tally-ho. Reliving the Extreme is a production of Maxin Out Media, all rights reserved.